having being a movie star and being a working actor consistently for the rest of your life is really up to fate and up to up to a little bit of luck, a lot of luck. I think that the thing that you can control is taking the right steps creatively to work your way towards that. Whether it happens or not is out of your control. Do the things in your control, and I think that you will feel fulfilled. Welcome to episode 68 of the Hollywood Hustle podcast, where this week we tell the stories and struggles of an actor who is celebrating his run on a hit Netflix series and how he thrives and survives in the city that never sleeps, New York City. I'm your co-host, Michael Lutheran, and thank you so much for joining us today for our Act 2 conversation with New York actor Jason Altman. Last week, we left off with Jason speaking about the importance of creating genuine relationships with others in the industry. Well, today, my brother and our host, Daniel Tuttle, starts Act 2 off with a discussion about acting technique and the etiquette to have on set as we embark on Jason's career in television and ultimately playing Herman in the hit Netflix series, Orange is the New Black. I'll be back after the interview to share some of my thoughts on today's interview. Then I've got some very exciting news to share about one of our previous guests. And then Daniel delivers, I think, the best hustle support statement that we've had yet on the show. All that and more is coming to you today in episode 68. Now, let the hustle begin. Now, moving to TV and film, how does your approach to a television uh, part or role and how you are on set change from how you approach a theatrical role? I know a lot of people have different feelings on this, but I, and I think in the Meisner technique, um, I would say that there is no difference in preparation for a character. The only thing, the difference for me between theater and film and television is the only thing is how loud you are, how, how, how hard you project. You want to, you know, in the theater, you want to make sure the person in the back row hears you just as well as the person in the front row. Mm -hmm. But as far as my preparation for a character and the, the real, uh, insides and what they want and their objectives and their actions, nothing changes for me. I know that, you know, every actor has their own personal opinion about that, but as far as my technique, I don't approach a character differently. I only approach the technicalities of the, the, um, the space that you're acting in. Because with the camera, you, the camera will read your emotions, you know, so clearly. The person in the back of a 500-seat theater might not. So technically, sound is different. But as far as the truth of the character, nothing for me is different. How would you say, when you're on set, any advice for young actors on how to act um, whether they're in a small role or a big role, or how does that affect how you act on set and how uh, more a part of the set you are? 
Oh, I would say just, you know, you're there as a guest. You're not there. It's not your show. It's the producer's show. It's the series regulars show. I would say if you're coming in to do, whether it's a one-line role or you have a huge guest star, even as a recurring guest star, you're there as a guest and you should just be as professional as possible. Get there on time. Know your lines. Let them dictate where you are supposed to be at all times and be ready to go when that when you're when they call for the rehearsal and when that director says action. Have you ever had any moments on a set where there may have been tension between you and another actor or you and one of the behind the scenes creatives that you had to find a solution with? Yes. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the show. Or yeah, the you don't have to name names. I was doing a, a two-scene, they call it a co-star, uh, sh- on a big show, starring a big movie star. It's, it, was a, it was a real thrilling show on, uh, on a big network. <laughs> and I guess the producers hired me, and I got to the set, and I, I was doing my role, and uh, the director... You know, I could tell he thought I was doing an okay job acting, but he was kind of telling me to have a deeper voice in the role. He thought the role, you know, required that. And I could tell he didn't feel so fulfilled in what he was getting out of my performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't berating me or, you know, he didn't fire me, thank God. Um I um, just went with it with my preparation and tried to adapt to what he was directing me with mm-hmm. as it went. Um, and I would say be confident with yourself because they're, you're there because they wanted you in the first place. You know, uh, it was a little tense for me. I don't, you know, I couldn't tell if it was tense for him or, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't have us do more takes because of me which is a good thing. Uh, I didn't feel like I was, you know, messing up, but uh, I definitely felt the tension. So as far as what I, how I reacted to that situation, I just took the notes as best as possible and was as professional as possible in my reactions to way, to the way he was adjusting me. Now let's, I know you, you, you have a big role right now on orange is the new black uh, as a villain, but before I get there, all the other TV credits and film credits you have, are there any that stand out or the, uh, the time you spent on set that stands out or any relationships with people that stands out? Well, all of the roles before Orange is the New Black, they were all on you know well-known TV shows. But the roles were all like, None of them had a name to the mm-hmm. character. They were all like cop or intel tech or fireman. I think the things that really stood out to me from those experiences, though, because, you know, I had spent a decade in my 20s doing theater and auditioning for those type of roles, but never really getting them. And I think that it was just thrilled to be able to speak <laughs> in a role on TV. Like it was like really cool to tell your friends and family, Oh, I'm going to, you could see me on this show on NBC. You know, that was really cool. I think, you know, I did, 
uh, I had five lines as a paramedic opposite Jennifer Lopez on Shades of Blue, and I really worked intimately in the scene with her. I had a scene as a fireman with a, an actor named Michael Emerson from Lost. And I first, love Michael Emerson. Yeah, I love him too. I, I told him how big a fan I was. I had a scene uh, with um, the stars of White Collar and – you know, one of the stars went to the went to the same school I went to, and he gave me some great, you know, advi- just said technical advice, and just said keep going. Uh, so those were all pretty big thrills to be able to work with that level of celebrity, you know, uh, and experience um, with people that were doing it every day. Let me see. Uh, so those were pretty big thrills, I would say. Um, I would say when I did Hostages, which was a CBS uh, 15 episode series, it was uh, I got one line on a on a on a short lived TV show when I as my first uh, experience one line as a paramedic. Then it, it had been a f- three or four years where I hadn't gotten anything again. I think I was just in my head during the auditions, and I just said screw it. And I didn't care. And I got the part on hostages. It was a four line uh, security officer at a prison. And I think that the relief of getting that role after such a long time of not getting roles was a big accomplishment for me. Like, I think that that when I found out I got that role, I, you know, I, it was just such a joy and celebratory day for me. So those were. The- if I can ask real quick, how do you deal with those lulls, whether they're a few months or years? How do you handle the frustration and the stress and sometimes possibly like the depression of not working, not doing what you love? I think um, I would say I would advise two things. I would say first and foremost, you're an actor. So act. I would say get yourself into a short film. I don't care if it pays or not. Create, read, read plays. Really uh, throw yourself into your chosen profession as far as who cares if you're getting paid or not. Do a play for no money. Do a short film. Create your own short film. Read plays. Read, read books on actors. Throw yourself. Do anything. Get into a class that will fulfill you creatively a scene study class and then on the on the flip side really uh do something for yourself that (laughs) totally outside of the business take a trip you know spend time with your family if you have a big family uh concentrate on something else that you enjoy whether it be sports or you know go to a play to you know really read a book that has nothing to do with it learn something else you know go take a boat ride, <laughs> just do anything that will take your mind off of the frustration. Mm-hmm. But I think that for me, if I go through a four a six month period of not getting apart, you know, I either will sign up for a good scene study class and like apply my technique to those, like really throw yourself head on into that or, you know, Go to back, go to go back on backstage.com or actors access and look for those short films and independent films that you could do, you know, even though if they're not big productions and get yourself fulfill yourself creatively. So 
let's talk about Orange is the New Black. You play a villain character, uh, Herman, right? Am I saying that right? Herman is his last name. Two R's and two N's. Gotcha. He's a he's an overabundance of Herman. <laughs> yes. So uh, Herman is uh, he first appears in season five in the finale, which was last year, mm-hmm. and he's a leader of this. Uh, it's called the CERT team. It's basically like a SWAT team or stormtroopers, and he comes in towards the end of season five. There, which is based, it basically takes place over three day, a three day riot right. in the prison, and he ends the riot. He's he's responsible for ending the riot. He's the leader of this cert team, and he does it. He, I think, the thing, first thing you find out about Herman is he's no nonsense, and he's gonna do anything he can to take back this prison. He uses brute force against the ladies of the prison, so you could tell he's just a he's a. He's not a good guy right off the bat. And then in season six, the one that was just dropped, they've developed Herman into uh, even more of an, a villainous type of role because uh, it shows the aftermath of this riot. And, uh, you know, most people that are fans of the show have seen the first episode. They totally dive into uh, making Herman blame the women for the riot and everything that's happened, including a couple of officers' deaths. And he basically becomes the uh, the guilty character that covers up the murders and blames the main characters uh, for the riot right. and the repercussions of that. Now, some people you know, definitely say a good villain thinks he's right, thinks he's doing the right thing, just maybe doing it in a morally gray way. Is that how you approach Herman? That he's he's the hero in his own mind? Absolutely. I don't go in thinking, all right, I'm going to play the villain now. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I go in thinking, what is this guy? What's driving this guy? Mm-hmm. Why did he? Why is he covering up the murder of an officer that is really his responsibility? Um, I would say to get to the truth, and to make him even more truthfully evil in the audience's eye is to say, what drives this guy? Why is he doing this? So I have to create a backstory to this character. Why would he do what he, is he doing it to save his job? Is he, does he think he's going to go to jail because of this? Uh, so I think that the truth of the character is going to come out because of him, because of me, Jason going after what, this character wants and the actions he takes through himself and to others to get what he wants. Mm -hmm. I think that'll, I think that'll ground the, uh, I think that'll ground the character truthfully. And I think it will make the audience believe the character. Mm -hmm. What, what's it like coming into a show that's been on for four seasons, five seasons and becoming a part of that family. Well, when I first got uh, the part last year in season five, it was like the biggest thrill of my life because. Did you do a dance? I danced for my wife. <laughs> I, I, well, it's funny that you say that. I was such a, we were such big fans of the show. And, you know, they have that, the, the Regina Spector song in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got time such a catchy uh, song 
before this ever happened, the, during, I think it was the first or second season, we had been binging it. And, you know, we were just like maybe a little buzzed that night and we turned it on and I just got up for my wife and started dancing to the opening song. <laughs> so ironically, or whatever, coincidentally, when I got the part and we were just like crazily energized about getting this bigger part than I had ever had on TV, mm. much bigger. It's not like I went from one scene to, you know, two scenes or one little, you know, three scene guest star on a law and order type of show. I, I had 10 scenes in the finale of one of the more popular shows that, you know, throughout the, the world. So I, I put on this, that song and did a little joy dance for my wife. <laughs> and, and it was just, a, it was just a, it was such a crazy day because, you know, I had lost my agent uh, a couple of weeks before I got the oh, part wow. called to audition for the, for, I wasn't even called to audition for the part of Herman. I was called to audition for one of his, you know, underling SWAT guys who had two scenes mm -hmm. and they called me back the next day and they said, we want to see you for this guy. And we think you're right for this. So they had me write, read five scenes in the next, the next day. And I got a call a few hours later and I just screamed on the phone to the casting director. And it was just one of the most crazy experiences and days of my life because I got, you know, I got lucky. You know, I know there's a certain aspect of preparation and skill and all that. But in the end, it was still one, it was one role and I sure, I'm sure you know, I'm sure more than 15 guys had auditioned for the role at least, you know? Right. So, you know, it was just, it was fantastic. It was, it was unspeakable, you know? <laughs> and the fact that they brought me back for more is just beyond, you know, I never expected that when I was first, you know, they, it wasn't written as a recurring role. The creator, Genji Cohen wrote it as a recurring role after she had seen the performance, which is even more mind boggling. So I was, I was going to ask you if you knew this was going to be a reoccurring part or if this was supposed to be a one-off originally. Yeah. Uh, when I first got the part, it was supposed to be just a one episode, big guest star in the finale. There was a cliffhanger where we're storming the area where most of the stars of the show are hiding out. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, guessed that we would, you know, have a continuation scene if they didn't fast forward in time. But even if, you know, I always thought to myself, even if they do have that, it could just be like a, Hey, get your, get out, get your ass on the ground type of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I heard I was going to be back, yes, I told all my family and friends and then I got the script and it was, you know, for the first episode of season six. And there was a continuation scene, which was just as I expected. It was all smoke and yelling and all that. But then there was another huge, pretty much like a five minute long scene of basically me staging a whole murder scene. Uh, and doing, and Genji Cohen had written it. And she, there was a two, pretty much a full two page monologue in it of me setting up a whole storyline for season six with crazy eyes and Cindy hiding out in the corner, watching me do the whole thing. And I met them on set and it was just mind boggling to, it, I, it didn't really hit me until after I shot it. 
mm-hmm. but it, it was it took the ultimate preparation to prepare that scene where I was staging the murder because there was so much there was action in it where I'm shooting a gun all over the place. Uh, I don't know if you had seen it yet, but and then framing the women and making a speech to all my guys about this is what is we're gonna say happened, and right. it was just it was probably the biggest scene theater or film that I had ever done in my life. Maybe a Shakespeare scene was equally as long and uh, difficult, but um, it was just, yeah, it was supposed to be that one episode and I've already shot four and uh, hopefully even more next season. We'll see what happens because I'm alive, baby, and I'm guilty. (laughs) Did you get to do any like fun training to prepare for the role? Yeah, well, during the shooting of season five finale, we had a, a we had a real cert officer on set, so he was like kind of the uh, the advisor or the tech advisor on how to hold the gun and the way you walk in uniform. So it's funny, uh, <laughs> I was basically mimicking what he was telling me to do. I we had a good rapport and. <laughs> This 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 other actress, who's quite an accomplished actress, was another one of the cert members. She came came up to me during the shooting. She's like, "How do you do that?" I was like, "What?" She's like, "You're you're you know you're walking like RoboCop in that thing." I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just mimicking what Sean said to me. <laughs> he was like a real NYPD cop who handled uh, emergency response situations. He. He handled the uh, when after the election, there was a guy who climbed the Trump Tower Hotel. I remember that. He was the guy who got him off. Wow. And so this guy was teaching me everything from how to hold the gun to how you walk military style and like everything to where you're how you're going to hold your walkie talkie when you're, you know, you're doing your messaging. So that was really a great, you know. It helps make the the character truth more truthful. Nice. Well, I want to go ahead and start wrapping up. I don't want to keep you too long. So I just have a few more questions just to get a few small, quick answers from you just to share a little more knowledge, if you don't mind. Sure, yeah. Uh, How do you find the balance between work, acting, time for yourself, and family? Well, as I mentioned before... uh, you have to find a flexible uh, side gig. Mm -hmm. So luckily at this time, I have a flexible side gig that allows for time uh, and life balance where I can spend time with my family certain times, certain days. And, you know, I have time for auditions and they're very flexible. So Mm. say that's the number one thing. Don't get yourself locked into a side gig that's not flexible enough for you. You know, if you don't, if you're stuck in a rut and your manager's not letting you off for audition, go look for another place right away. As many, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, don't tell them you're an actor, but you know, there's just as many restaurants out there, uh, you know, that you could find a job in, you know? So I think to just create, do you know treat yourself with respect first and foremost and you know make sure you have the flexibility to have time for your loved ones or for yourself make always make time for yourself cuz you're going to regret it later on in life if you don't absolutely and is your wife in the business or does she do something else 
Nope, she's not. She's in print production and displays for uh, retail, high-end retail. Okay. Yeah. My, my wife is the same. She does marketing, so she's not inter- interested at all in the industry, which is kind of nice. Are you an actor also? Uh, I'm a writer, former actor, still act when I can. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll work together one day. You ne- hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> I'd it's love to come to New York. Any reason to come to New York. It's than you think. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, a lot of people think when you get something like Herman, they automatically think he's made it. <laughs> he's 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 he walked in. He mic dropped on his boss, said bye, quit. He's good. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Absolutely. You not. you still have the same struggle, the same hustle. What is success for you? How would you define it? I would say success for me is, as you mentioned in the last question, uh, being happy in your personal life, whether it's yourself and things you enjoy to do or spending time with your family, balancing that with being able to, uh, as an actor, have creative outlets and act no matter what, whether it's for money or not. Don't say, oh, you know, I, I'm an actor and I won't act for no money ever again. You know, I think that success for me is continuing to be able to pursue the thing I love because, you know, in 30 years when I'm, you know, almost 70, I want to look back. You know, it's going to be great to say to my kid or grandkid, I was on one of the most popular shows in the world, even if I never get to act again. You can still watch it. You can still watch it exactly. for twelve ninety nine by then. Yeah, it's in the cloud, so you can go watch it. <laughs> no, but you know, just to be able to say I was able to do what I wanted to do, whether it was make a living at it with money or not, I think that uh, success to me is being fulfilled creatively in the business and uh, make making sure that you could continually take steps in the right direction having being a movie star and being a working actor consistently for the rest of your life is really up to fate and up to up to a little bit of luck a lot of luck Mm -hmm. i think that the thing that you can control is taking the right steps creatively to work your way towards that whether it happens or not is out of your control do the things in your control, and I think that you will feel fulfilled because don't just sit around and think someone's going to, you know, I'm sitting in my apartment. They're all going to discover me now. <laughs> I think that uh, overall, you know, be creative uh, and pursue persistence. You know, keep that persistence. If you, the more you persist, you know, the more you cause, the more you cause, the more you will affect. You know, bottom right. line. Well, usually I ask, do you have any advice for struggling actors? But I think that's perfect. Just persistence. <laughs> Keep at it. Yeah. Einstein, you know, and the first theater, not the first, one of the first theaters I worked at, the there was a wooden plaque above the door and it said, persistence is greater than genius. They were quoting Einstein. And uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but it, it certainly helps when you persist in anything you do. You never find success without failure. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the best baseball players, you know, what do they hit 30% of the time? <laughs> <laughs> true. 
True. Uh, now, where can people find you, Jason, if they want to follow your career, follow what you're doing? Uh, Twitter is always good at Altman Jason, and uh, Instagram is jaltman25. Those are the two best places. My website is altmanactor.com. Mm-hmm. And what's your address? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, we always end the show with. A fun game. It's very quick, very simple. Are you ready to play? Yes, I hope it's, so. It's, it's not crazy, I promise. <laughs> it's, it's not great, weird. <clears throat> so before Facebook, but after Friendster, there was a wonderful place on the internet called MySpace. Yes. Where people would go to become someone's top six or top eight. They would hear, what if God is one of us? Well, they waited an hour for somebody's profile to come up. <laughs> and there was also these quizzes before BuzzFeed quizzes where you would just answer them for no result, just to waste time. And I found one of those quizzes. It's 167 questions. I'm not going to ask you all 167, <laughs> but I want you to go question by question, picking a number between one and 167. We'll just do six questions. Okay. And I don't want any explanations to the answers, just an answer. That's what makes it great. Just like a one-word answer. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it could be a little longer than one word if it needs to be, but mm. no explanation is needed, if that okay. makes sense. Gotcha. So what's the first number for your MySpace quiz? <laughs> Eight. Have you ever lost someone special? Yes. All right. Next number. Five. <clears throat> Have you ever dated someone twice? Yes. All right. <laughs> Next number. 33. <clears throat> All right. What was the first school you ever attended? Uh, Yeladim Nursery School. All right. Now, the next three, let's do numbers in the hundreds. Okay. So what's your next number? Uh, 125. All righty. Have you ever left the house without money? Yes. <laughs> next number. Um, 111. Do you watch the news? Yes. All right. And what's the final number for your MySpace quiz? A hundred. All righty. Is cheating ever okay? <laughs> the intense thought going on right now. No. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Jason, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully one day we can work together. But until then, we'll enjoy you on Orange is the New Black. We'll go back to the following, uh, uh, Luke Cage, and we'll watch your stuff there. Thank you so much. This has been a huge pleasure. Thank you. Me as well. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for awesome. having Awesome. Well, we wish you nothing but the best of luck in your future. Thanks. And we can't see what villain you play next. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Thanks so much again. No problem. Have a good one. You too.
Welcome back, everyone. Michael here. I hope you enjoyed our two-act conversation with Jason. Uh, He is, I think, the perfect example of the quote-unquote working actor. His focus on the craft is just so inspiring. And as someone who studied Meisner technique last year, it makes me so happy to hear someone who not only benefited from his training, but understands that training is necessary. Repetition is necessary to paraphrase uh, Meisner. I really enjoyed his comments when Dan asked him about how he handles the times of not working as an actor, those dry periods, and his response of getting back into class just demonstrate that this is an artist who's in it for the art. He understands that the money comes and the money goes, and more often than not, as an actor, sometimes you book the jobs without the pay, and that isn't as you know, some people would just focus on the funds, but he focuses on the art and what he's gaining from it as an actor. And I just love that, you know, if he isn't landing a couple auditions after a while, go back to class, work on, work on it, work on it, work on it. So awesome. And also his just focus on finding fulfillment and what makes you happy, whether that be a student film or a Netflix series. <laughs> Ah, then that is just so cool. I can't believe that we got someone from Orange is the New Black on our show. So awesome. You know, and I, I am a couple seasons behind on Orange is the New Black, so I need to do some catching up, but I can't wait to see Jason as Herman. Now, if you've already binge-watched the sixth season and want to reach out to Jason, remember, he is on uh, Twitter at AltmanJason, on Instagram at JAltman, the numbers two five. J Altman 25, or you can check out his website, altmanactor.com. Now, updates, updates, updates. Unfortunately, Daniel and I weren't able to get together to record this outro because I am actually about to head out of town for a very special reason. At the beginning of this episode, I teased some good news about a former guest of ours here on Hollywood Hustle, and I am so excited to announce to our community that my friend Joel Ward is getting married to one of my favorite people on this planet, Allison Minnick. Joel was actually one of our very first guests here on the podcast, and you can just scroll back in your podcast feeds or just go to our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. His episodes are numbers seven and eight, and he just talked about his journey as a magician here in Los Angeles, but but this weekend isn't about Joel Ward, the magician, it's about Joel and Allie. Allie is actually one of my closest friends from UC Davis, and it's so cool, and it's such an honor to be invited to their wedding. And Joel and Allie, you are both just incredible people and such a fantastic couple. You know, I actually told them, I think over a year ago, about my plans on proposing to Anna Karen, uh, and they were there when I was finally coming up with the plans itself. and. You know, they and they sent me and Karen a very uh, special congrats video and uh, just so happy that this is happening for them and that I get to be there to witness it. So, yay, love. (laughs) Now, I've got some other things going on in my world, but I'm actually going to save that until next week, maybe when Daniel and I can get together. But Daniel has a lot going on this week, so let's check in with the beard himself. Daniel, what's going on in your world, man? Me, me, me. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Sorry we couldn't get together. I know uh, you are out of town or had to go out of town 
for Joel Ward and Allison Minnick's wedding. Congratulations to those two. Uh, super excited for you guys to take this next step in your journeys together. Uh, Joel obviously has been on the show before. Uh, you can go back all the way, I believe, episodes six and seven, I believe he was on. Um, go back, checking him out. No, actually, sorry, episode seven and eight. Go back and check him out. Joel Ward, the magician. He, a lot of great stuff in his uh, two episodes, so check it out. Uh, updates. Yes. Thank you, Michael. I uh, finished the script for uh, Triple D Revenge. Finally, the first draft is done. Sent to the producers for notes. Um, super excited about that. Been a, a long forging journey, and I'm excited to have that finished and be able to give more focus to other things. I've been doing that and job hunting and podcasts, so it's nice to kind of have that off my plate for a little bit to focus more on the other stuff, which is great. Uh, also, uh, you know, not really an update on me, really, but I did want to share, I've been listening to a wonderful podcast this week called the Empire Film Podcast. And if you've seen either Rogue Nation or Fallout, specifically Fallout, Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, Christopher McQuarrie, the director of it, sat down with the host of the Empire Film Podcast for seven hours. It's a three-part interview. Each part's like two to three hours long. And basically just an in-depth conversation about how this film got made with other antidotes about other films he's been a part of. And it is fantastic. You'd think because it's seven hours, you kind of, it just rambles and goes to other places and you lose interest. It is not. He is so engaging when he talks. And the stories are so interesting and in-depth about how Fallout got made, uh, how the transition from Rogue Nation to Fallout, uh, about story and development and dealing with actors and stunts and Tom Cruise. And it, it's really fantastic. So I highly suggest if you're interested at all in how films get made, especially huge blockbuster, you know, millions of dollar films, I highly suggest you check out this three-part interview on the Empire podcast, uh, Empire Film Podcast with Christopher McQuarrie uh, from Mission Impossible Fallout as he talks over three episodes about this movie. I was like, I can't even imagine doing uh, seven hours worth of an interview uh, with someone. They would really have to be engaging and we'd have to really just break down something. Uh, it would be interesting. I would love to do it and, and test that because that would test me as an interviewer and, and the show in general. But um, but yeah, so there's that. And and then just as we've spoken before previously, we're working on season three of the show, uh, developing some new ideas. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that the show is going to be completely different in season three, but there's definitely going, it's definitely a next step for us. We're, we're condensing and redoing the format a little bit uh, to make it a sharper, more smooth uh, and, and fun show. Uh, I'm looking at other things to change with the show and just update and seeing what we can do just to, to continue to build the show. You know, you need to keep moving forward and stepping and stepping and stepping. And, and so making more contacts with other people to collaborate with other podcasters and, and influencers and things like that. And we've already got certain guests lined up to interview now for next season, uh, that we're really excited about. So, uh, some good things coming for season three, guys. Uh, we're still talking about a lot of stuff. Some stuff cemented, uh, some stuff still in work. So if you guys, like we've said, if you guys have anybody that you want on or any careers you want represented uh, that fit our show, please let us know. Or just email us about your uh, uh, hustles and what you're doing. Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff. I think uh, you guys are going to enjoy it. So 
yeah, those are my updates. Back to you, Michael. Congratulations, brother, on finishing your first draft of your feature screenplay. I mean, it's out there. There's a version of the film written now, and that's such an important step. And yes, Daniel put it perfectly. We've got some really great ideas coming up for season three. All that's going to help push this show forward and make it into something more unique and special. It's just, you know, we're artists and the podcast is our canvas. We're trying to hone in on what this art is. So we're super exciting. Uh, we're super excited, rather, about the direction that we're going in. Hashtag vague booking. Uh, but for reals, your support through all of this means so much and we wouldn't be here without you. If you've got questions or thoughts about the show or maybe ideas or guests or ideas for guests in season three, shoot those over to us at hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Normally, this part of the episode is when we dedicate some time to each give you a hustle support statement. However, Daniel has prepared something really special and heartfelt. So here is our first ever hustle celebration. Back again. Thank you, Michael. This week, I don't have as much of a hustle support statement as just a, 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 a celebration. Um, when I was talking to Jason and uh, I could see him, we were, we, were, we were doing a Google Hangouts call so I could see him, he could see me. And when we started talking about him getting the role of Herman on Orange is the New Black and, and the moment he found out and how him and his wife celebrated it was so awesome because, and, 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 and this is part is what stinks about not making this a video or where you can see him as well, because you could truly see the hard work in his face as he talked about it. And he got a little choked up when talking about getting the call and getting this role because of all the hard work that he's put in and the moment of celebration and triumph that came from all of this hard work and seeing that emotion and seeing how proud and, and humble he was about it was so inspiring. And so I just want to share that with you guys that remember that, yeah, there's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of struggle, but that moment that somebody tells you, man, this script is really good or this script affected me or your, your acting or, or your part or your character really touched me or the way you directed this film overall is just fantastic or the music you're making is amazing. The minute you hear that, the minute someone compliments you or hires you or tells you the work that you've put in has been worth it is more than, I mean, the words don't even make sense. There's no words for it of how it all comes together and the feeling there is when someone compliments you on your hard work. And so just remember that as you sludge and as you push through and as you work and rework and fix and refix, that when that compliment comes out or that award is won or that that piece is sold or you, you've affected someone emotionally by your performance or your work, it's all worth it. And that feeling you get, that humbleness and that excitement and that inspired feeling you get by someone saying thank you for making this thank you for doing this thank you for putting your heart and your work out there it means something 
The work that you are doing means something. Right now, it means something to you if you're not sharing it with people. But remember, one day, your work will mean something to somebody else. And that is what it's about. Taking your creativity, taking your babies that you're putting together, your creative babies, maturing them and and informing them so that you can give them to someone else so that they can be affected by it just as you are. So through the times of tears and struggle and frustration and, and screaming into the void that you just want this to be over with and done, that somewhere out there is someone waiting for your art. Someone is waiting for your film, your artwork, your script, your book, your song, your, your product. Someone is waiting for it. They don't know it. They don't know you. They don't know they're waiting for you, but they are. And when they find you and they write that comment or they send you that email or they, they share how your work has affected them, it'll all be worth it. And just seeing Jason's face as he told me about the moment he found out of his casting and how he celebrated with his wife and the look on his face, just pure joy and an it was worth it look was all I needed to see because it was it was just inspiring. So go out there, keep pushing, keep hustling, keep working, keep struggling because the struggle is real, but so are the dreams. So are the successes. So get out there and make it happen. I love you. I love Michael. Obviously, Joel and Allie, once again, congratulations. And for me, keep up the hustle. Wow. Thank you so much for that, Daniel. That was so special and just so beautifully said. There's there's not much that I can really say or can try to say to even attempt to top that. So I'm not going to try. But I will just add how important you, our listeners, are to our lives. Your messages and comments on our social media accounts mean so much to Daniel and I. We literally will sometimes screenshot the message and send it to one another and be like, hey, did you see this? Um, because that really makes this worth it. And knowing that this is out there and you know, you we're we're in your journey for some part of the week at least, it it means a lot. And uh just know that you guys are definitely part of our journey every week, week to week as we continue to build this show. Now, just to remind you guys, we are on Twitter at LA Hustlecast and on Instagram at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. We love hearing from you. And it's also amazing when we hear from new listeners who are re- recommended by someone in their tribe. So thank you so much for sending your community our way. Now, if you want to help us out beyond chatting with us on social media, consider contributing to the production of Hollywood Hustle by donating to our show. Visit our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com, and you can check out more information there on how you can help contribute and build the hustle. Big hugs and thank you to Jason Altman for coming on the show today. And please remember to check out his performance as Herman in the new season of Orange is the New Black on Netflix. Also, I'd like to thank our host, Daniel Tuttle, 
for just conducting a fantastic interview uh, with Jason and also for just sharing some really uh, thoughtful and touching words uh, and some inspiration for this week. Now, next week, we're continuing our travels and we're going back to Japan for another Team Hustle episode with OG team member here on the show, my best friend and our former audio engineer, Kel Torados. We play a super fun game while also checking in with each other and checking in on how his life is doing in Japan. Thank you so much for joining us today. This episode was brought to you by Team Hustle. Daniel Tuttle is our executive producer and social media strategist. Michael Lutheran produced and edited this episode. Gordon Meacham is our episode analyst, and Mike Tobias edited our website. All right, I need to get to a wedding here, guys. Please send your congrats over to Joel Ward at Joel Ward. Have an amazing week, guys, and always remember to keep up the hustle. Hustle.